This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode 29. In today's show, I'd like to share with you an experience I had in October of 2016 when I took part in a remarkable workshop called Advanced Distillation Techniques. I was privileged to be both teacher and student. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. Episode 29. I wasn't sure I'd make it this far. I know uh, traditionally, not traditionally, statistically, seven episodes is about as far as most people get, and then they realize that it's a lot of work and they stop. So I'm feeling pretty good about being at episode 29. Of course, I feel like I should have been farther by now. Oh no, here comes perfectionism. It's funny, last week I talked about my struggle with perfectionism and it was interesting how many of you remarked in emails and comments in um, on the website about how you also struggle with perfectionism and I feel like I really hit a nerve. I remember one time, I don't know, from some teacher at some point in my life said that when a pilot flies a plane, it's never in a straight line. They're always adjusting. They whoop, they start going high and then they bring it down a little, start going too much to the right, they go to the left a little. There's a constant tweaking and adjusting. It's just never a straight line. And so it's kind of like a life, a great little metaphor for life. Just keep adjusting and tweaking and, and don't worry about it being perfect. Right here at my desk is a little sign that says, done is better than perfect. All right, let's just go right into uh, the topic for today which I have been wanting to share for months. I kid you not. You know, here we are at the beginning of 2017. I had this experience in October of 2016. And what I attended was a workshop on advanced distillation techniques and distillation of plant material, primarily for hydrosols. There is a difference when you distill, whether your objective is to obtain essential oils or to obtain hydrosols. The people who distill with the objective specifically to get hydrosols are called artisan distillers. So an artisan is somebody who makes something by hand in a small quantity. So it's a very specialized craftsperson. It can be uh, jewelry or food or, you know, we think about artisan furniture makers, people who create beautiful pieces of unique furniture. Well, it's no different with distillation. When you have an artisan distiller, they take a tremendous amount of care and pride in what they produce. They also, and this is true for um, anyone who does artisanal work, they tend to use the finest materials. So in this case, it would be organic, really fresh, beautiful, vibrant plants. So this was the focus of this workshop that I attended in Spokane, Washington. There were... I think 41 students in attendance and nine, I think nine guest teachers, of which I was one of them. I was just so honored to be invited to be one of the teachers at this um, program. And the fun part was that all of us who were invited as teachers, we all had our own specific presentation, the thing that we that we um, taught about. But when we were not doing our own 
classes, we were students. So I had an opportunity to sit in and watch some of the most amazing people give their presentations and people who've given their lives to distillation. It was such a privilege to, I don't know, sit at the feet of these masters to watch master distillers actually doing their craft right in front of you. So this advanced distillation workshop was organized by Anne Harmon, who is my teacher, my mentor in distillation, and really the premier distiller here in the United States. She was a trained by um, Jeannie Rose many, many, 20 years ago, and has really taken the art of distillation and just blown it wide open here in the United States. A lot of people are learning to distill at home now, which can be a really good thing. It's like all things, you know, you get your training and know what you're doing. Anyway, so Anne started teaching Harvest to Hydrosol in 2010, where people would learn all about the plants and all about the art of distillation and all the safety and and how to create a quality product and had been doing that now for six or seven years and it was time for something advanced. She had so many graduates of this little program that are now distilling, people like myself. I actually did it twice. I went in 2013, fell in love with distillation, fell in love with Anne, fell in love with hydrosols and took what I already loved to another level. And then I took it again in 2014 with my husband, James, who also just completely took to distillation like a duck to water. He is a better distiller, actually, than I am at this point. And so after all these years of teaching this class, Anne knew it was time for something more advanced. So she organized this incredible advanced workshop. She spent a lot of time in choosing the venue, in choosing the teachers, in choosing the topics. She really put a lot into it. Uh, Even the catering was spectacular. So one of the first things I'd like to share with you is a list of the teachers so you can understand the level of wonderfulness that that was shared at these presentations, some really remarkable teachers from around the world. So we had, of course, our host, Ann Harmon, who did a couple of fabulous presentations on the importance of water on um, oh on botany because she is an herbalist first and foremost, and uh, microbiology and chemistry and some of the really more advanced science aspects of what we were learning. And we had none other than Dame Jeannie Rose, who is an icon of aromatherapy here in the United States and in the world, really. That was such an honor to sit at her, you know, in her classroom and also to sit next to her as a student. That was really one of the highlights of this trip for me. We had a wonderful Ree Lewis, Rhiannon, a lot of people know her as Rhiannon or Ree Lewis of Essential Oil Consultants in France, who brought a lot of the clinical medicinal aspects to the, to the workshop. We had Joy Musacchio and Cindy Brownlee of Still Point Aromatics in Arizona, who really focused on and gave us some great presentations on the energetics of hydrosols. I met for the first time Jessica Ring of Ring Aromatics in Oregon. And Jessica, what a cool lady. She's just beautiful inside and out and just an incredible distiller. And everything that comes out of her mouth sounds like poetry. She's, I'm, she's just so remarkable and creates fabulous perfumes. And by the way, I'm going to be putting links to all these teachers in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about them. We had the feisty Krista Obuchowski from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Her specialty is, gosh, so many things, but she did a lot of cool distillations with resins. And we had oh, Jill Mulvaney, Jill Mulvaney from New Zealand. She and her partner, Charlie, do have a company called Alembics, Alembics NZ. They sell a really high quality copper stills out of New Zealand. And he specializes in the alcohol aspect of distillation. She does more of the hydrosols. And she was a brilliant speaker and 
hilarious. And, oh, Ann and Judd Carlton, cannot forget them. The magnificent Ann and Judd Carlton, who own Morning Mist Botanics, a company that Annie Harmon started, and uh, she used to sell hydrosols. And, of course, Ann now is focusing on teaching and in research. And so Ann and Judd bought the company from Hearst to free Ann up. And they did some um, magnificent talks as well, and just an adorable couple. I love them to death. And then me, I did a talk on um, the therapeutic uses of the waters. So those were the teachers. So here are some of the classes. I know that's what you're really interested in hearing. What did you learn, Liz? So the first morning, which was October 11th, and got up and we did, uh, she introduced herself and there were introductions all around, teachers and students, and shared a wonderful talk on her purpose in creating this educational experience for distillers and kind of her mission. And then she proceeded to do this incredible talk on water. Now, if that sounds boring, water is not boring, not to distillers. Water is such an important conversation to have when you distill. I mean, it's one of the fundamental elements of distillation, isn't it? You've got earth, air, fire, metal, and water. You can have the most beautiful organic, exquisite plant material to distill with. You can have the most high-end, thick copper still. And if you have unhealthy water or dead water, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your resources and you're not going to have a good product. So the hydrosol is only as good as what goes into the still. So you really need to have excellent water. So Anne did a really interesting talk about water. See, going over some more of these talks, and uh, uh, Jeannie, Jeannie Rose, did a really awesome talk on the vocabulary of odor, which I found fascinating. Personally, I've never been drawn to perfumery in, uh, in aromatherapy, or I've never really been drawn to using essential oils as perfumes. I mean, I'll wear some rose to perfume myself, but the, the art of making perfumes is just that. It's an incredible craft, and peop- a lot of people specialize in Anyway, she did a talk on the vocabulary of odor, so I got a whole new language with how to describe aromas. Then we had Joy and Cindy from Stillpoint did a really, really awesome presentation on um, called Magic in the Mist, you know, about the energetics of the hydrosols, and that is really something that they do very, very well. With little Bella, little Bella was there, of course, I'm her Aunt Liz. I guess everybody's her aunt, aren't they? Aunts and uncles. Jessica Ring. She got up and spoke about uh, honoring the plants, ethical wildcrafting, something, again, I hadn't really thought about. I, When I distill, I grow my own plants. So I don't think too much about whether my harvesting is ethical. But when you think about going out into the woods, are you just ripping trees and things apart? Or are you trying to find things that are already laying on the ground? You know, how mindful are you being when you're going out into the world and you're wildcrafting to distill? So that was a beautiful, very important um, presentation. Then I did my little bit, uh, hydrosol therapy using your waters. And mine class is always fun because there are always a lot of activities. So I talked about the therapeutic values of, I think I had 20, 15 different hydrosols. In my classes, we're always making a lot of things. And actually, this is very similar to the class that I teach here in Pennsylvania called um, Hydrosols for Health. Then we had, and un- oh, unfortunately, when I was doing my talk, Krista Obuchowski was doing a distillation demonstration on macerations, and I had to miss that. And um, 
And she had to miss mine because we were teaching at the same time. But sometimes that happens. Let's see what else we had. Re, oh, sweet Re, Rhiannon Lewis did a program on using hydrosols in hospice care. And that was a powerful program. Re always does great presentations. She's an incredible teacher. Uh, Essential Oil Resource Consultants is the name of her company. And she is just, does has had great pictures, great records. That was a good one. And then uh, Anne did a talk on GCMS fractions and chemistry. I'm not going to go into that too much depth, but that's pretty self-explanatory. Again, very interesting, very, very, very new to the hydrosol world is this business of, you know, getting into the science of it. But we aromatherapists demand it because that's what we get from our essential oils. And it's not the same in hydrosols. The chemistry really is not the same. You're working with water. Let's see. And also did a really wonderful talk on uh, keeping records. So when how the importance of record keeping when you do distillations. And then Jill Mulvaney took us outside. It was chilly. I mean, it was October, so it was it was cool. But there was one morning when it was quite chilly, and Jill had us all sitting outside in the sunshine in this stunning garden. And she just did a co-distillation with lemongrass, chopped up limes. And I think it was Douglas fir. It was a local conifer. And she had gone and gotten some of the resin from the tree. So this was a co-distill of these three three different botanicals. And she put the lime. Let's see if I can remember. She put the yeah, she put the lime and she put the resin from the conifer in the pot. So that was a hydro distill. And then in the long column, she put the lemongrass, which became a steam distillation, and that's a co-distill. Co-distill is where you basically do two different plants, or you can even do the same plant, but two different parts of the plant in the same distillation. That was a lot of fun. And it was fun to be outside, and Jill is just so stinking entertaining while she's so educational at the same time. Another tremendous experience that I had, which was one of the highlights of the trip for me as well, was doing a salt paste distillation in an Alcatar still. Does that sound like mumbo jumbo? It would have been to me before that that experience. So a salt paste, in a very quick explanation, is where you take flowers, tuberose or magnolia or um, jasmine, and you grind it up into a paste with salt, and it helps to preserve the, the flowers so you can keep them on a shelf and distill them all year. It's an ancient distillation technique. So I learned about a salt paste. And then the second thing that was new to me with this experience was doing this salt paste in an Alcatar. An Alcatar was brand new to me. It's another type of, it's another design of a copper still. Normally we use the traditional alembic column still. And in this case, Anne was doing this distillation in this cute, cute little still. The Alcatar is really suited for uh, when you're distilling botanicals that need a low temperature distillation. So flowers, of course. Um, you can even do like roots, woods, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Resins, those are all well-suited to a longer, slower distillation at a low heat using an Alcatar. And of course, I have ordered one from copperstills.com and it should be coming soon. I cannot wait to distill with it. And of course, I will tell everyone about that, you guys about that when it arrives. But that was one of the highlights. So I learned about making a, a salt paste and I discovered the Alcatar. And then, let's see, um, Anne and Judd Carlton did a great presentation with lots of awesome photographs of their farm where they grow a lot of plants. They have acres and acres of plants that they grow for the Morning Mist Botanics Company and that they also distill with these huge 150-liter Alembic stills. 
And so they talked a lot about their growing practices and that was fascinating. I found that really, really interesting just to actually see how, you know, a an artisan distiller, which they are still artisan, even though they are commercial and they are larger scale than if you were to do it at home, but to see them, uh, how they, how a commercial artisan distiller operates. That was fascinating. So hopefully that gave you kind of a sense of the experience of the advanced distillation program at the Beaux-Arts Mansion. And speaking of the mansion, I can't finish this podcast until I tell you about the facility. This was the, the okay, our workshop was held at the Beaux-Arts Mansion Retreat Center, which is a 23-room mansion built in 1913. It sits on nine acres. It was originally built as a home for this big shot wealthy uh, mining and railroad tycoon, J.P. Graves. So if you stop and think for a minute about 1913, that was the era of the Titanic. So you think about money and and luxury for people in high society in that era. Think about what they wore and how everything was made of the finest materials. So in this mansion, the floors were fabulous. There was oak everywhere. There were staircases that were thick oak banisters, maple floors, oak wall paneling throughout the entire building, beautiful, intricate, molded plaster ceilings. I actually took a picture of the ceiling. It was so pretty. Uh, What else? They had leaded glass windows throughout the entire building and ornate stone in the outside. I mean, it's it's such a stunning building. There was a huge, beautiful fireplace in the living room, and there was a fire in it every evening. This fireplace became a a gathering place for the teachers in the evening. So we'd have a glass of wine, and we'd sit around this fire and talk about the day. One of the benefits that, um, that we had as a teacher, thank you so much, Ann Harmon, was when the program was over at 530, all the students would leave the mansion and go to their hotels and their bed and breakfast or wherever they were staying. And we teachers stayed behind and slept at the mansion. So at 530, it was a private facility just for us. Oh, it that was just so that was a very special part of the of, again, of the experience for me. So can you imagine antique styled copper stills being used in this kind of a, of a venue, in this kind of a place so rich in history. The facility really lent itself beautifully to this ancient art of distillation. So it was a great marriage, you know, of history and, and beauty and richness. I just thought it was the perfect place. And that is all to Ann Harmon's credit. I remember when she called me and told me how excited she was that she'd found this incredible venue. And I didn't um, appreciate then what I, what I do now. Well done, Ann. This particular workshop, I don't think Ann Harmon's offering until maybe 2018, even then I'm not sure, but I am sure that she's offering tremendous uh, classes in distillation in 2017. If you go to botanicals, B-O-T-A-N-N-I-C-A-L-S.com, botanicals with an eight like Ann in the middle of it, um, she has a list of all her classes, but you know, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. By the way, if you're interested in purchasing a copper still for your own distillation, you can go to copperstills.com, that's C-O-P-P-E-R-S-T-I-L-L-S.com. You can find really high quality copper alembic stills. You can find the cute little alcatars. Uh, You can find kits. So if you're just getting started, the kit has everything in it to get you started. Um, 
from, I mean, just everything. There, there are a lot of parts and pieces when you get started and you don't have to buy anything anywhere else. It's all right there in the kit. Same thing if you break a separatory funnel, you can buy one there. All sorts of accessories and things like that. All right, you know what time it is? I think it's time to smell my life. So coincidentally, the smell my life share this week has to do with hydrosols. It's just kind of funny. I don't know if you can tell from this recording that I'm a little congested. I'm just at the tail end of a little head cold. I don't really get sick. I mean, the last time I got seriously a bad cold was in 2014, but I definitely got something going on congestion wise. So I've been using a neti pot every day to clear my nose. A neti pot is something I use anyway. I don't use it every day. I've actually learned that that's not a great thing to do, but I do use it a couple times a week. And when I have a cold, I use it every day for about a week. And what a neti pot does is it clears out your sinus passages. It flushes and gets rid of mucus and dust and I don't know, whatever else you're breathing in pollen. It's a really good practice if you're if you're prone to allergies. And in fact, I did a blog post on using hydrosols with a neti pot. So I'll put that in the show notes so you have a link to that. But anyway, I take a little bit of saline and, and uh, distilled water. I don't use tap water because of the chlorine, but I buy distilled water, which I have anyway because I, I sleep with a CPAP. I use hydrosols in my CPAP too. We'll save that for another episode. And so I take my little neti pot, I put in the distilled water at room temperature, put in a saline packet, and put in about about three tablespoons of German chamomile hydrosol. I've been using German chamomile in particular because I feel there's inflammation in my sinus passages, and German chamomile is great to reduce inflammation. So I'll, I normally will do one neti pot, and I'll do both sides with one pot full, but because I've got something going on, and I've got extra mucus. I do one full pot for the right nostril and then I fill it up with German chamomile and the saline and the distilled water and do the other nostril. So that is what I've been doing. That is my real life use of an aromatic this week. So that about wraps it up for episode 29. I sure hope you enjoyed hearing about my experience at the Advanced Distillation Workshop with Ann Harmon in Washington State. Right after the distillation workshop, there was a little break of a couple of days, and then I was in Utah at the conference for the National Association of Holistic Aromatherapy. So I was gone for two and a half weeks or something last fall. So the next podcast, I'm going to share with you my experience at Naha. Again, all the links to the everything I mentioned in this podcast will be in the show notes, which you can find at aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash 029. That's it, my friends. Until next week, be happy, be well. <laughs>